Blog Talk Radio. Okay. Okay, you're on the air with David Williams and the Great Spirit Relay weekly Wednesday podcast at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, I have on the line here with me on a conference call, um, I have Julia Fife from the Leonard Peltier Freedom Ride 2018. I have in, uh, she's in South Dakota. And then I have Roaring River, who's the woman in the Atlanta area whose congressman is sympathetic to the Leonard Peltier clemency issue, and it's helped her. Oh, in wow. the Hello, um, we're on the air right now. Who's just joined the call? Omal. Oh, good, Omal. And then I also have Omal, the Hopi from the Hotavilla um, village, who's a member of the Coyote clan there. And then the fact I have Peter Coyote from Taos, New Mexico, a radio personality there, also on the line. And I have Robert Mendelson with the Longhouse Coalition, and he's also on the line. And um, I'm going to go over here to my chat interface and uh, make sure that um, I have the ability to communicate with everybody through the Facebook Messenger and this little conference call group. So I'd like to start by um, asking uh, each of you to kind of uh, Say hello and uh, just maybe say your name in a few words so we get your everybody can hear your voice so that we'll know when you talk up later um, who it is that's speaking. And if you're in a noisy environment, like I hear some background noise from somebody, then after you introduce yourself, maybe in, until uh, the next time you talk, you can mute your phone. But um, we, can we start with you, Julia? Can you just say hello and, and uh, a couple of words about? Uh, what you have to say today? Sure. Uh, um, your phone quality, the sound is hardly, you can't hear. Okay. Okay, Julia has a sketchy phone service where she is, so let's start with the Roaring River to say hello, and then we'll get back to Julia. Maybe there's something she can do on the phone there. Hello, I'm Roaring River from Atlanta, Georgia. Okay, very good. Your sound sounds real good. And then uh, Bob Mendelson, do you want to unmute your phone and just say hello and where you are? Hello, I'm Bob Mendelson, and I'm a few miles northeast of Dover, Delaware. All right, great. And then uh, Peter Coyote, do you want to say hello and say a couple of words so we get a sound check and everybody can hear your voice? You betcha. I'm uh, Grandpa Peter Coyote, hanging out these days in Taos, New Mexico, and having a good time of it, and uh, just doing all that I can to support you all on uh, the Peace March and the, the Free Leonard, man. I've been big on that for a long time. So thank you for doing this. Thank you, Peter. Then, uh, Omal, would you like to say a few words just so we know where you are and we can hear your voice? Hi, um, I'm on the road, so there's a lot of noise. Uh, my name is Omal Tyler. Uh, so, hey, my Bahan name. Actually, I'll uh, introduce myself. Hoping to Omal Yanmatiwa 
my name is Omar Hopi name. Tyler Tawangva is my, we call it white man's name. And uh, I'm in, from the Coyote clan in, uh, coming from Hopewell, Arizona. And uh, I, I'm all about peace. I'm, I'm all for it. All right. Very okay. good. Thank you. And, uh, Julia, would you like to try again and make sure we can hear your voice? And... Um, I'll give it a shot. There's weather up here right now, so signal in this area is not good to begin with. And then add in the weather issues, the wind, the rain, the snow, all of it. <laughs> well, you sound really good. You sound really good just that time. It's very, very clear. <clears throat> so I'd like to take a couple of minutes here to give an overview of why we're together today and um, what we're going to talk about and then uh, give you each a chance to amplify on the kind of summary that I plan to give here in the first few minutes. Welcome to the call. Who's just joined us? Toma again, I accidentally disconnected. Okay, no problem. Um, I'm probably not going to keep stopping to, when I hear the ding, I'll just uh, let the flow go. And um, I'm going to go ahead and start with an overview and then ask you all to uh, one by one chime in in response to amplify what I'm saying. But uh, basically, I'll start by saying that um, the last calls I overviewed the Great Spirit Relay from uh, Santa Barbara through the various cities to Atlanta to the White House. Um, Wade went with me. He's not been able to get on the call today um, from the Rainbow Gathering through to the White House where we went on August 30th and did a prayer ceremony there offering the message of peace represented by the Global Peace Poll. And I emailed the president and tried every which way to get through, but uh, I don't know if it ever did. Um, of course, he didn't come out and join us in the circle then. So um plan to try it again already on uh, November 1st with whoever got together. And then the Freedom Ride, uh, Leonard Peltier Freedom Ride 2016 came strongly onto the radar. So we connected with them and uh, with Julia and their Facebook group, which is called Leonard Peltier Freedom Ride 2016. And then uh, shortly after that, they came up with the idea that gee, should we continue our our ride from now we've got to the prison at Coleman uh, where Leonard Peltier is on September 22nd after leaving uh, Ancato, South Dakota, I believe July 28th. Um, once they got there, they figured, well, should we go ahead and ride up to D.C.? And then a whole bunch of people, including me, started putting ideas, yeah, let's go for it onto the Facebook page. So um, on account of the fact we already had the Global Peace Council set from October 24th to 31st encamped at Greenville National Park starting on October 20th, and uh, we had one, uh, we have two spaces, two campsite spaces reserved there um, for the Global Peace Council from the 24th to the 31st, and then an extra couple of days, so because my plan that came up was to not only walk to the White House again on the 1st of November, which is All Saints Day, and we went the first time, we visited, we, I found out there's this David's Tent project there on the Capitol Mall, 
and the grandmothers I met on staff there were real friendly, and we uh, explained to them the mission of the Global Peace Poll. We had a long that's been mentioned in the Santa Barbara Mayor's Proclamation as the Peace Poll, Santa Barbara Peace Poll for Jerusalem. And so I explained its mission and talked to them, and they we we struck up the the Jesus connection, and they were very pleasant. So without a need for any advanced arrangements, because they're there 24-7 for the last uh, three years, playing music and singing songs 24 hours a day on their soundstage, just decided to make this second rendezvous, the rendezvous to walk from there the last mile to the White House. And then I wasn't sure if the Freedom Riders could make it up here on time because they're on horses and everything, but they've decided that no matter what, they're going to do it. And um, they need some financial support, so we're hoping that people listening to this show will um, chip in and offer them some help to get on the to get here on time. Which uh, they'll get here on time, but if if they have the financial support, they'll be able to bring back their supporters that they had to drop off because they couldn't afford to keep all the people with them, and that kind of thing would be a bigger showing. So you can go to the. PayPal.me, and the leader's name is Ken Forcloud, so it's PayPal.me slash K, capital K, capital F, K Forcloud, and uh, you can donate there to help them with their trip on the way up here. And um, so what we're planning here at the Greenbelt Park as a sequel to what we did at the end of the Great Spirit Relay here in August, which that was called the Spiritual Unity Summit from August 20th to 28th, and that was because of the, those dates being symbolic of the uh, White Buffalo Calf Pipe prophecy that uh, apparently began to be fulfilled back on August 20th in 1994 when the first of these uh, White Buffalo Calves were born. That one was named Miracle, a non-albino female White Buffalo Calf was born at the very day that our um, spiritual unity gathering, drums around the world, unity festival began in the forest there, just a little south of the Hopi land and not too far from where the next year, uh, two years ago, we had this uh, repeat in a small scale of the spiritual unity summit with Omao when I met him and the Mayan calendar keeper Jose Munoz coming the last day for the closing ceremony to compare knowledge um, on this idea of the mutual prophecy fulfillment in the first of those gatherings in 1994 we had some amazing experience uh, uh, when we introduced at that time a blank log to be the peaceful for Jerusalem brought from Santa Barbara and we carried it as usual in a procession through all the camps and then uh, when we got finished at the Krishna camp it started raining so we all rushed into this big tent that the evangelical Christians had came up from Flagstaff and put up. We called it, we called it the Jesus tent. Then we rushed in and told them what the Peace Bowl for Jerusalem message was and they were all, okay, great. So we all sat down and these four guys cradled it in their laps and then the Fantuzzi, who was the MC, kind of thought a minute for what he's going to say at this particular camp and he goes, well, you know, I think Jesus was the original rebel and and as he said that, he pointed his finger up to the sky, and as instantly he did that, there was this huge clap of thunder and lightning at the same moment, just as when he mentioned the name of Jesus. And so, like, we were all, like, we couldn't talk for a couple of minutes. Everybody had chills and, you know, this kind of thing. I looked down at these four Jesus guys holding the peace bowl, and there was tears running down their face. 
We put it in the circle, uh, put it in the area where the ceremony is going to be the next day, the final ceremony. And then on August 28th, the big ceremony with thousands of people around the first edition of the Peace Pole for the White House that we created in 1980 at Greenbelt Park at the end of the Long Walk for Survival. We created it during the night of October 31st. We introduced it into the ceremony on that walk led by Chief Leonard Crow Dog at the end there in the camp. And at the White House, Lafayette Park, we introduced this blank log in front of dozens of the Japanese Buddhist monks with Fuji Garuji, Gandhi's guru, chanting with everybody the end of the walk to the White House. And then uh, we kept it there with Chief Crow Dog's permission for 11 days in a vigil, hoping someday this log would go up, be fixed up and go up in the lawn of the White House as a peace bowl for the White House. And a few people came by during the vigil. One of the monks put the Namo Myoho Rengeko calligraphy on it. One guy named Geronimo carved the four direction symbol on it. And then that peace bowl went through, you know, many, many gatherings over the years since 1980 and finally. Uh, disintegrated uh, and was burned up in a fire by Felipe Chavez at his sweat lodge to offer that as a prayer. But so many people loved it and all that, but it kind of got out of hand. People attached to it as an object instead of just a symbol of the message of peace, which different people put different symbols on it. It was the Reverend Yamato brought the ceremony in 1978 to the Rainbow Gathering as a, a ecumenicalized version of the Peace Bowl, where his people normally just put that they call the Odaimoku calligraphy on it that symbolizes the message of peace from 2,200 years ago. It was accepted by King Ashoka, who then renounced violence after conquering the Indian subcontinent by violence and bloody warfare. And after he accepted the message, he, his, he memorialized the teaching of peace that he got and symbolized by this calligraphy, pillars of stone and monuments and led to 500 years of no war, no crime, no violence. I won't go into all the details right now, but the symbolism on the peace bowl, the six symbols on the peace bowl, the last one given us, one of them is the Hopi Declaration of Peace, one of them is the symbol of the Great Law of Peace, one of them is the symbol of the three-face of Jerusalem united uh, in peace that we created in 2005 for the Bethlehem to Jerusalem Christmas Peace Walk that I organized from California and a few people conducted from Bethlehem to Jerusalem under the auspices of Jerusalem Peacemakers including the Ibrahim Abu al-Hawa, the, I call him the Muslim Gandhi of Jerusalem. I was, I was waiting for the Santa Barbara Peace Bowl for Jerusalem to install it as peace house there in Jerusalem, East Jerusalem, and including uh, Eliyahu McLean, who's really a prominent organizer, does ceremonies uniting all the three faiths of Jerusalem and others, all kinds of faiths participate in his events there in, in the Jerusalem, and uh, so they conducted this walk. We put, created that symbol for that. We put it on there. And then the Satya Sai Baba symbol underneath with the peace, the lotus peace pole, peace pillar in the middle, symbolizing the unity of all faiths. And then the last one we're given at the end of our March 11th ceremony at the Tree of Peace in Santa Barbara by Mayan calendar's keeper, Jose Munoz, which is one of the five symbols on the new Mayan calendar that goes for the next 26,000 years from December 21st, 2012. This one's called the peace. It symbolizes peace, love, and patience. So online, there's the details about all these. And uh, basically, what we did with the Great Spirit really was to bring this message to offer the president, not just to stick a log or a post up in his lawn, 
but to symbolically accept this message and, and understand it, or at least receive it until he understood it. But since that didn't happen and the peace movement itself hasn't been able to create global peace by itself, and because the Peltier Freedom Movement hasn't been able to get Leonard Peltier out of jail just on its own, focusing on that one issue, so now we're looking to work together and uh, bring this all this energy, this spiritual energy, to the White House as the great spirit relay of peace through the practice of unconditional love. And so we're going to have this Global Peace Council in Greenbelt Park um, from the 24th to the 31st of October. And there'll be just a few people there, I expect, you know, maybe between 5 and 20 people in the council every day from 10 o'clock in the morning until 2 in the afternoon. But we're expecting to get lots of online input. It's not really essential everybody comes physically, just those that the spirit moves. We've got a Facebook page you can find by the name of Global Peace Council. And on there, there's going to be, or there is already started, uh, different posts that will be issue categories. So anyone who wants to put input into the Global Peace Council can go there and find uh, these issue categories, go into the comments, and then find a comment in that category that relates to what they have to say. And then they can go into that comment and add a reply to that comment with whatever information they want to put that will all be digested and compiled into the Global Peace Plan that we're going to come up with by the end of this Global Peace Council. So the idea is we're going to follow a process, a council process, as best we can online and in calls like this, but in person, this patterned after the Iroquois, the Seneca Iroquois traditional council system by which they arrive at decisions by unanimous consent and unanimous agreement instead of majority rule, which is one of the things the U.S. government left out of its patterning of the uh, its system after the Iroquois. And, including leaving out the role of the women in the leadership and including the wampum isn't money, it's not Indian money, it's a different kind of system of social contracts and that misunderstanding led to the, the misunderstanding about Manhattan being bought for a handful of beads. So, But they have a council process by which they uh, are able to come to unanimous consent decisions. So we want to model ours after that and demonstrate the effectiveness of it as another way to bring out the the message of peace or a better way of doing things for people. <clears throat> so I guess that's um, really all I wanted to say as, as far as an overview. But uh, there's a couple of real important things that have happened since the last conference call or the last podcast like this a week ago. And um, one of them is that uh, just after we were having Sunday conference calls, scheduled Sunday 3 p.m. Eastern Time conference calls that we allow two hours for. And then this podcast every Wednesday at 3 Eastern Time goes for an hour. And then the last conference call last Sunday, just a few days ago now, we had uh, uh, Nicole um, Washburn was on there. And uh, she, uh, right after the call, reached out to her, one of her contacts, which is uh, great-grandmother Mary Lyons. I don't know if she's related, the same name as Orrin Lyons, the famous Iroquois speaker, but she's in Minnesota, and uh, she's a very big Peltier supporter. She's the Ojibwe people. I'm not sure if that's the same tribe as Leonard, but whatever her reason, she's just all over this, and she's uh, quickly made arrangements on the Sunday 
um, shortly after the conference call to book a flight and Nicole made her accommodation arrangements. So she's coming to join the walk uh, from the with the riders. We'll, we'll rendezvous the Global Peace March coming from the north, from the council camp, carrying the Global Peace plan that we've come up with symbolically stuck inside the Global Peace baton. It's a miniature version of the Global Peace bowl, like a relay race baton, the hollow tube that will the paper representing the whole plan, the peace, Global Peace Plan, it'll be online, and the Global Peace March will carry that relay run, walk, whatever we have to do to get there on time from the 12 miles from Greenbelt Park to the Capitol Mall where that David's Tent Place is, where she can find that location by going to davidstentdc.org, and then there we'll meet the Freedom Riders coming up from the south, and expect to rendezvous in the area of 11 o'clock or that area somewhere like that, and people gathering in the morning that want to. And then at noon, we're going to have a ceremony where the at the David's Tent Place, they have a sound stage and everything, so for, we'll have a tight half-hour ceremony of noon to 12.30 with the Global Peace Baton will be symbolically passed to Ken Forcloud, the leader of the ride, to carry where everybody will join and follow the riders to the White House and uh, then we'll hopefully arrange by then that the president will accept the join the circle and let Leonard Peltier out of jail so he can join the circle at the same time, which would be the most amazing thing to happen for the world peace movement and the most amazing thing to happen for the Trump presidency or any presidency perhaps in a long, long time um, because Leonard is a symbol of the message of peace. <clears throat> the last thing he said to me when we talked to him on the phone in Kansas, when our Global Peace Walk 95 went through there and he gave us a nice letter that we got a couple of weeks later on Earth Day in Taos, a support letter for the Global Peace Walk. But when we talked to him about it on the phone, the last thing he said to me is, give my love to the people. So this is the, exactly the, the peace message. The, this is the why we, we always have seen Letter Peltier as the indigenous spiritual leader. And uh, that means that President Trump giving him executive clemency no matter when, no matter what, you know, tomorrow is fine, uh, is a real powerful symbol, the reconciliation with the indigenous cultures. So many millions of people would think Trump's a great guy for that, even if they don't like him for other things, and it would be very good all around. So that's why this is a teamwork is real important. And uh, so I believe with Mary, grandmother Mary, great-grandmother Mary coming, that we know that at this point and can publicize that, um, will help bring in more s serious support. And then I propose th th that uh, the grandmother, if there's a, a bunch of them, you know, the grandmothers could go ahead of the horses because obviously they're going to walk a little slower. And then if we have the, uh, if we get the, the, uh, the port, hello, who's come on? Roaring River, we lost it. <laughs> okay. So Roaring River's back. So if the if the um, the other uh, thing we're working on is, of course, um, Big Tree, the Seneca elder, the Iroquois council teacher that gave us this, he's not in, in good health, and he's in a wheelchair, and um, so so uh, we've invited Leonard Crowdog to come, and because of the fact he's an advanced. Age and in very ill health, I'm not sure he can come, 
but uh, if he does, then uh, it would be the, the elders in the wheelchairs being pushed in front of the grandmothers and their group leading the horses, followed the freedom ride, followed by all the people that we can get from all around the world and the country and to join walking after them to the White House is, is the vision. So um, with that, oh, oh, and the other thing I wanted to bring up, the miraculous thing that's happened in the next, since the uh, last podcast is on our little Facebook uh, group chat for the Global Peace Council, which in essence is the Global Peace Council online right now, the people that are participating in it. I'm dumping a lot of data in there to background information on, uh, that's led up to this, but uh, waiting for more people to be active commenting there on these kind of things. And um, in there, a few days ago, we had a, an exchange with uh, Omal and uh, on the concept of uh, what's Hopi prophecy all about. And it's, it's called really better translated from the Hopi word into a life plan. And, uh, and then we were discussing the Kachina dances and the role of the clowns. I think he started off by saying, Omal was saying, well, the President Trump is like a clown agreed with him, but then Omal went into a little more deeper meaning about what the clown's role is in the Kachina dance, and uh, I'll uh, quickly summarize what we, I'm about to write it up, but I'll quickly summarize that the Kachinas represent the spirits, and he'll correct me if anything I'm wrong in a minute, the Kachinas dancers represent the spirits, different kinds of spirits, and then the clowns in the dance represent the immoral, corrupt human beings. And they're all making trouble and clowning around and doing sometimes vulgar things during the time, during the dance. But then when I watched this at his house, the Coyote Clan house in May, the whole dance out the window, the rest of it that day, till the end, I'd never seen one till the end. But apparently every dance at the end, the clowns get chastised by a group that comes in. I don't remember what they looked like or because it just went by me at the time, but these kids come in. And they symbolically chastise with, with a whisk broom kind of thing, the clowns, to punish them. And then they dump water all over them, to, and they wash all their mud makeup off that way. And then they, uh, so it's the idea is that they, they chastise or punish them, and then they purify them, and then they forgive them. So when, we heard, when I heard this in this chat, I went, bingo, that's exactly right on the truth amnesty reconciliation concept that got Nelson Mandela out of jail. A lot of people compare Leonard Peltier to Nelson Mandela. So I'm telling people it's not a good idea because it's serious, but he's not going to let somebody out that might become one against him for president. But I know Leonard doesn't want to be president, but still the, it is true. He's now analog to the Mandela case. But the main thing that Nelson Mandela's happened is... <coughs> While he was in prison toward the end there, he renounced nonviolence and became a champion of nonviolence through being in prison. And then he and the African National Congress came up with this idea of truth, amnesty, reconciliation. Well, they came up with it from somewhere. Somebody used it before. But the idea is, um, okay, you let me out of prison. We're not going to kill you and hang you like we should because of all the evil things you've done to us. But we'll... You tell the truth, recognize the truth of what you've done wrong, and then we'll we'll reconcile, work together, we'll forgive you, we'll give you amnesty, we'll create a new government to, that that does the right things, 
and we'll go from there. So they publicized that a long time before they let him out of jail, and they finally did. How well it worked doesn't matter, but that concept is what, what bingo in my mind about the exact same uh, message I, I get from this, the, what Omaha told us about how the clowns are symbolic of the corrupt, immoral human beings that are at the end of this ceremony, at the end of this prayer that they fast and do all this thing, like a spiritual practice that we're doing after all that, two days in this case of the Kachina dance in the very end the, these troublesome immoral corrupt symbols of the human beings are chastised or punished purified and forgiven and then they're they're supposed to go forward as the do the right thing so that I, I see that as a newly revealed Hopi prophecy or Hopi life plan interpretation that's represented in these dances that Omar has given us as a kind of to me, in my life, the replacement for Thomas Vinyaka, who's passed away a long time ago, is a, authorized by his clanship, the Hopi, Hopi Coyote Clan, Wolf, Fox, and Coyote Clan, to be the messengers. Uh, Thomas Vinyaka Jr., people wanted him to take up the, where his dad left off, but he can't because he's the Bear Clan, and they're not allowed to do that. They have a different role in their society. So this is why I'm so excited to have met Omao and to have met him in person and know what a wonderful spokesman and human being that he is and he has all this knowledge. So um, that's why I'm so excited about we have now to part of this whole mission that we're on to reveal this, this new spiritual power dimension of the Hopi life plan invaders prophecy. So it's, yeah, he is using the word invaders an invasion. So we're going to invade the minds of the people in power and purify them and, and the situation. It will be an invasion of truth, an invasion of love, an invasion of whatever kind of phraseology we want to use. So that's kind of uh, my overview. And uh, I've, gosh, I've got 33 minutes, so I thought I'd go 15 minutes. It's now 3.33. Um, I, I think I'd like to, uh, if it's okay, um, uh, Roaring River, could you give us a little update first on what's happened with the uh, what's going on with the congressman's meeting on October 16th, and if there's anything that you need from us that we can do to help make that uh, congressman to take this information to President Trump and get him to pardon Leonard? Definitely. Um, I've been before this congressman before, and he has gotten me a long ways of what I needed. And I have learned a lot about politicians over the years I, in my line of work. And in these last few days of watching the news, or let's say the last couple months watching the news, we learned that um, these politicians have become, it's like a Republicans and Democrats. And it's just, and I've thought in my mind all these years growing up, that's all it's ever been. And they've used those two words to work people against each other. And it's time for us to let those words go and work together as people. And I've learned that in the last week that they need more voters to stay in the house. I understand that. It's something that keeps them going. And Native Americans, they do not vote. A lot of them do not vote uh, Republican, and a lot of them don't vote. 
that's fine, but we need to change the strategy. We need to ask for one man to be released. And it's something that has never happened ever in Native history. The Americans, they can go when they have a a prisoner at war and go and ask for their people back. So we're going to do the same thing. We're going to ask President Trump to give us one thing. One thing that we've never asked for before, and we're going to ask for Leonard. And in return for Leonard, we're going to try to trust you. We're going to trust you. And we're going to do what we can as long as you hold your word and open our hearts and our minds to it. We just ask for Leonard to return, to return to the land. So that I'm just going to go in there with the congressman and with the strategy of that and hope that all of our Native people will pull together on this and back me up and trust me. Um, I have learned during the Leonard ride, uh, especially whenever uh, I first started talking with Julia, and I have never been one to get on Facebook and, and join in other groups and stuff. I did my own work. And... I have a lot of dreams from my grandfather. He he walked in the footsteps of a of a leader. And he helped. He was on the council. And my grandfather was born in 1897. So my bloodline is very strong. And from his the dreams he has given me, I've learned my work and he has brought me here. I've always been a housewife and a mother. And for some reason, I've gotten into this uh, of what my grandfather taught me. So we need to go to Congressman and ask him, please go to President Trump yourself. Talk to him in our behalf and ask for Leonard to be released. In return, the Native American people will learn to trust you, and you will make history. This would be huge for a president to give us something back that we've never, ever asked for, ever. That's fantastic. That's an amazing, that's a, just an amazing presentation, and uh, I love it. I'm, uh, I, I just love it. Um, Julia has had to drop off the line because of phone difficulties, and she said that you, Roaring River, can explain anything that she could have as far as the status of the ride and where they are and how they're doing, and if you want to take a couple of minutes to do that. I'd like to hear it, and I think everybody else would. Then I'd like to ask Omao to comment on what I've said in this uh, Hopi Life Plan Invaders Prophecy concept, and then after he finishes, I'd like to, unless there's questions of people to clarify it, I'd like to ask Robert Mendelson to give us his overview from the perspective of an expert on the evaluation of Ritual prophecy fulfillment, having studied all the scriptures and written this document, uh, channeled this document online called godspeaceplan.org to bring peace to the Holy Land. Uh, this is God's peace plan for the Holy Land. And another document that's online at that site called the Sacred, the Way of Holiness and the Sacred Hoop, which also evaluates the various prophecies having to do uh, from the native traditions, black elk and so forth. And then if he can comment after Omao, I think we'll have a good uh, perspective here, assuming that all this 
that have understood this right, and all of your conversations are also going to be on this podcast, and otherwise there's going to have been dead air on the recording from the time I last spoke until um, I come back on here at the end, but uh, I'll figure that out later, and we'll have another conference call that we can... I can record the conference calls on this conference line I found out that we're on now coming into this call. The freeconferencecall.com system is upgraded now where it's free to actually also record the calls. So I'm planning to have spontaneous calls that we can schedule in the future, like another one, maybe even in the next few days, the Roaring River and her time schedule can come on and repeat what she's just said, but have a an audience that we can recruit from the Peltier movement to just specifically kind of focus on that uh, important thing coming up on October 16th, and then maybe use that uh, idea to have uh, other conference calls that we can record with the Peltier supporters from around the country chiming in with what they're doing and by publicizing this and inviting the people that we found in the past with other projects, this is a very good tool, this conference call tool. <laughs> and maybe another one, uh, I want to do another one on the more develop this Global Peace Council process that we've learned from Big Tree and kind of figure out that better before we get there. So um, could you chime in here, Omao, and um, give us some reaction to what you've heard so far and also... Um, elaborate a little more on this uh, clown's role and the, the life plan message that's symbolized in the Kachina dances? Sure. Um, it's good that we're gathered together today, and um, that's why I say the Hopi. And, uh, okay, and, you know, I was thinking when you were mentioning uh, Leonard, or she was discussing Leonard Peretier, and uh, you know, I, I ran into Dennis Banks a few years back, and, you know, we were in a little bit of turmoil in my village, and I asked him, you know, what what was your thoughts when you were at Wounded Knee, you know, uh, what was going through your mind, you know? Well, he's like, uh, well, we didn't think, you know, we just knew we had to do what we needed to do and, you know, um, move forward, you know, put our lives on the line, even, you know? So it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it really hit, brought back that memory of Dennis, you know, and, all the sacrifices, you know, uh, they've done for our people, you know, uh, the native people, you know, uh, it makes my heart heavy because, you know, Leonard is uh, definitely paying the ultimate sacrifice by being imprisoned, you know, unjustly for so many years. And, uh, you know, uh, much of his life has been spent there. And, and that's the right thing to do is let him out and uh, live, him, live the rest of his years with his people. And, uh, you know, they've done a lot for us, and, uh, you know, that's always going, going to be appreciated. And um, as far as the um, – I'm, I'm really glad to hear that, you know, you're picking up momentum, David. I think we had this conversation at the rest area down in um, Kikotsmobi during that uh, period you were camp. Momentum, it'll be the snowball effect we'll have to <laughs> So you're – your voice, your voice is kind of too kind of garbled. Is there anything with uh, the last minute? Is there anything you can do to fix that, or is it on my phone? Hold on. Okay, go ahead. I think I'm in a, I think I'm in a bad service area. Um, you're, go, you're good so, now. It might be just my connection. Go ahead. Oh, maybe it was where my mouth was. But anyway, it's good that you're picking up a lot of uh, momentum on on this endeavor as we spoke. You know, in Kokosmovi. 
we were going, we were praying for the snowball effect that it was going to pick up momentum, and looks like you picked up quite a bit of momentum in that spirit, man. And uh, that's really good to hear, Kwakwai. And as far um, I'm on the road, so I'm trying to uh, keep keep this brief. Uh, as far as the Hopi life plan, and you know the the uh, the uh, the symbol symbolism of the clowns who we call tukus or tukus is what we call them, and uh, you know carried on yearly. So you know, it, it, I guess as a Hopi, you know, you see it year after year after year, and you know uh, they symbolize the you know like you said the immoral aspects of man, and they put on skits during the whole ceremony, you know, portraying mocking you know, certain events that have been transpired. And, you know, I was thinking when uh, you were, you know, sort of describing what what you've seen, uh, I was thinking the uh, confirmation of Kavanaugh would, a bit, would be a great skit for the clowns to, <laughs> to actually do. <laughs> or, the, you know, the Senate uh, brief hearings, that would have been, that would be a good uh, skit for the clowns. But <laughs> So things like that, which we know are wrong, you know, the clowns will mock and they'll take on that, you know, uh, sacrifice as well. You know, they'll they'll take upon the burden of acting this out because they know they will be punished in the end, which is, you know, um, as you've seen, you know, it's not, it's no uh, bowl of cherries, you know, getting whipped, you know, by all these katinas and getting water porn. Uh, you know, nobody wants to go through that because it's, it's not, uh, it's not a, a pleasant thing. So, you know, as far as you know, as everything that transpires in the world, we you know we see it uh, yearly at our dances, and we know you don't get away with uh, you know this uh, un, uh, you know behavior, and uh, so uh, so ultimately, you know, on whatever level, even on the grand level, like Trump, you know, and whatever these people are doing in our world, you know. I guess we have the rest assurance that, you know, ultimately they're not going to get away with it either, that ultimately there's going to be, we have protectors. The spirits are protecting us constantly. And as long as we don't join in with them, we're okay. You know, we can uh, watch it happen, unfold in front of us instead of being part of the, uh, you know, corrupt ones. And, you know, the prophecy even goes further where, uh, you know, ultimately we get, invaded by a foreign country and all the corrupt people get their heads taken off but you know that's that's just the next level of it but <laughs> well, well you know the clowns represent that aspect of people so i think you got uh pretty much the gist of what they represent and you know um you know I, I, as i was mentioning you know we got to find some humor in what they're doing you know we can't take it too seriously so we know ultimately they're going to pay the price and you know, uh, we have spirit protecting us is ultimately what, you know, what my message is, I guess, or my uh, my outlook on the whole situation. All right. Well, um, that's about all I got on where we're at. And if I, uh, maybe next podcast I, I might come up with a little more. Okay, okay. great. Well, fantastic. I really appreciate it. And uh, I forgot to ask uh, uh in my excitement here, I forgot to ask Roaring River for uh, any other information she wants to relate about the the ride and where they are and um, any any considerations we should know. Maybe 
something about the personalities of the people or the horses or anything that would give people a, a kind of visceral uh, feeling for what's going on. Yes. Um, we have four, a 10-4 cloud and um, Elvis and Doug and Dylan and Frank. Uh, they've been in it together since the beginning. They are wonderful people. They came here and stayed at my house for five days during uh, the trip and joined in at the powwows and um, received donations, lots of donations there. They're in need of financial help. I mean, they've had to put money out for courses and feed and uh, we pretty much was put up at people's places and the Boy Scouts. The Boy Scouts have really offered a lot of help. Um these are fine men, and they really honor Leonard, and that's all that's on their mind is Leonard. And they're in Florida, and they're headed to uh, West Virginia and straight on into Washington, and uh, they don't have a hearing set. That's why we're going before the congressman. And uh, we're going to try to bypass all that and ask for help. So um, I'm asking everyone to pitch in, even if it's a dollar, two dollars, to help them. Uh, they have a couple of vehicles they have to travel with with the horse trailers to switch out on the horses. And it, it is exhausting. Um, they ask for your prayers. You can reach out to them and talk to them on Facebook. Just get, send them a message, and hopefully you can meet them in Washington with David. And uh, it's, it's time for all of us to come together. I've learned that all of us, different nations, the Sioux tribe, the Creeks, the Cherokees, we need to come together and learn about each other's stories and work together as one. And... That's what we figured. Leonard has put us here for more than just the release of him. He's put us here to bring us all together. And this is the goal for all of us. We're family. Um, and when it's over, we're, we're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate by bringing Leonard home. And Joya is fantastic. You can talk with her. She's 24-7. She's online. Um. They're just amazing people, and I hope this time next year we can all get together and have that celebration together. All right. Thank you very much. That was real, real good. You're welcome. So people can help by the Freedom Ride by going to their uh, – they have a GoFundMe in the same name as their um, Facebook page. So I would suggest to people to go and join their Facebook group, which is Leonard Peltier – Freedom Ride 2016, and it's the same as the GoFundMe account. 2018. I'm sorry, 2018 on my date as well. <laughs> I got stuck back in the 2016 summit. Um, so Leonard Peltier, Freedom Ride 2018, name of the Facebook page, a uh, group. And uh, you can also PayPal directly to Ken, the leader, and that's PayPal.me, capital K, capital F, four cloud, uh, K four cloud. <laughs> so now, now I'd like to uh, 
asked Robert Mendelssohn for his comments and asked Peter Coyote, our elder, to uh, follow him with his reaction to what's been said and whatever message he has. This podcast is typically, technically scheduled for an hour, but it can run over, and I forget how long, five, ten minutes maybe. So, um, Robert, would you like to come uh, go ahead and give your reaction to what's been said and give us your perspective from the prophecy fulfillment angle? Sure. Your... Sure, David. Um, from what I've heard so far, uh, I very much support what the Freedom Riders are doing. And um, in some prophecies in different traditions at this particular time, it mentions that uh, a lot of people will be freed from prison, That, uh, and I'm sure that Leonard Peltier is going to be one of them. Um, and uh, Tyler talked about the prophecies. Uh, I agree with what he said. <laughs> but uh, what you had asked me originally was to say something about how the Global Peace Council and uh, the Global Peace Plan connected with prophecy. And that's what I prepared. And Great. First, yes? Great. Go ahead. Uh, so first thing I'd, I'd have to say is that in all the prophecies I've encountered from sacred sources all over the world, I have yet to come across one that specifically mentions the Global Peace Council or the Global Peace Plan by name. But that's not to say that they're not a part of prophecy, only that I can't point anyone to a specific prophecy and say, see, there it is. Personally, I, I believe that the Council will be playing an important part in the, in the peaceful fulfillment process of the uh, prophecies where humanity collectively chooses wisely. But if you start with the name Global Peace Council, how are we going to have peace on earth if the peoples are divided spiritually? If one group condemns the other and back and forth and so on, we won't have peace. But there was a prophetic vision that was given to a young Oglala Lakota boy named Black Elk back in the 1870s. And part of it goes like this. <clears throat> then I was standing on the highest mountain of them all, and round about beneath me was the whole hoop of the world. And while I stood there, I saw more than I can tell, and understood more than I saw. For I was seeing in a sacred manner the shapes of all things in the spirit, and the shape of all shapes, as they must live together like one being. And I saw that the sacred hoop of my people was one of many hoops that made one circle, wide as daylight and as starlight. And in the center grew one mighty flowering tree to shelter all the children of one mother and one father. And I saw that it was holy. And that part of the vision came at a time when the dark storm cloud and violence that threatened all the people and the animals had passed over and it actually turned into friendly rain. It had been transformed, and all the world was full of joy. So that was uh, that was the uh, happy or positive choice 
And in his vision, Black Elk saw that the sacred hoops of each people connected in peace. So the sacred messages are an integral part of each people's hoop, and so are the prophecies. So they all connect together if we're taking the peaceful path. Um, when it's viewed this way, you can find that many prophecies given to different people aren't simply saying doom is decreed and everything has to be terrible before. They, they present people with a choice. If we go this path, we live. Or if we continue down a, a faulty path, then we perish. And Black Elk's vision indicates that seeing all the sacred paths as coming from the same source is a part of the path leading to life. So I guess uh, part of what has to happen is people have to see a way in which these different sacred paths that uh, have been used to cause so much damage uh, to see how they can actually connect together at this time. That's a form of reconciliation. But the Hopi Prophecy Rock provides a choice, too. People can continue to live an unsustainable, wasteful, and an ill-spirited way, and then they can see their civilization fail. Or people can follow what some call the Hopi way, which is far simpler and spiritual. And up to the last moment in the Hopi Prophecy Rock, the doomed society can choose wisely, which Hopi prophecies also indicate. So one could view these prophecies as instructions. In this instance, the people need to change from the unsustainable path to the Hopi path, which is one reason why you could call it a life plan. So these prophecies contain lots of similar instructions as far as what we as people can do in order to have a happy outcome. And this is where I connect the Global Peace Council and the Global Peace Plan to prophecy. If we are working to manifest the positive outcome of the prophecies, it makes sense that we actually take them into consideration when we're formulating a course of action and see if what we do is in harmony with the positive outcome. Then we'd have a much better chance of success. And one last uh, thing, a person could ask, if people make the right choice and the prophecies that predicted all this devastation have failed, doesn't that mean, wouldn't that mean the source of such prophecies also failed? Not at all. When people choose wisely, they change their path, and the destruction becomes repentance, which is destruction of an unsustainable system not living beings. And that's actually more like what Black Elk Vision says than the negative one. And that's what I have to offer. Well, thank you, Robert. And uh, I'd like to ask... Okay, uh, Peter Coyote, would you like to chime in for the last minute then? Okay, well, uh, what I hear is people coming together, and this is the most beautiful part of it, for good causes, through caring for one another. And I see, you know, a whole new energy and spirit arising here in these people we've been talking with and others around this world uh, that represents 
uh, a return to the language of the heart, which is where we all agree, which is where we all meet. And so bless you all. I'm I'm glad to see it happening, okay? <laughs> all right. Amen. Thank you very much. And now, if Amen. I have any time left, I will say that the Hopi, the Hopi Declaration of Peace from Banyaka makes it clear that any people who change and live their life in peace can be called Hopi people. So that he genericized it to bring it out to the world. Thank you very much, everybody. And uh, I'll Thank assume you. that... Thank you, David. All right. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.